This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hey, TK. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. Whew. This is this is one for the books. <laughs> This is one for the books. Um, if you're hoping to find out a lot about this documentary. Watch the documentary. <laughs> I don't know that you're going to find a lot of facts and figures here. Nope. But we do talk about Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. We talk about uh, unicycles. Yeah. and um, breasts, breasts, a little bit. And lack thereof. Yeah. Shirtlessness. Yeah, shirtlessness. And um, and then there's also, you know, it takes an odd twist, yeah. this episode. You know what I'll say? Hmm. It takes a poignant point. And maybe you're like, is this the point? If you're thinking no. that, it's not the point. <laughs> this isn't the point. You'll know it when you're listening. You'll yeah. be like, whoa, yeah. these two yeah. took yeah. A, a turn. Yeah. Yeah. A good turn. It's a sweet yeah. turn. Yeah. All right. I think it's a really good episode. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to get to it? Mm-hmm. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Man on Wire. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast, and Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Has the show started? Cheryl, our show started. <laughs> like the, our, our show has started, and we're just sitting here, like, oh, just oh, dead air, just staring at each other. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm okay. I was sick. Mm-hmm. I thought I had COVID, but I don't have COVID. Have you had it yet? You haven't. I had haven't it. had it yet. Hmm. No, I've I've played it pretty safe. Uh, I know some yeah. a lot of people play it safe and still get it, but and still get it. Uh, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. I mean, there's some rhyme and some reason, but um, there is some way to know. There is, in this mm-hmm. particular case, there is some way yeah. to know. Well, I mean, you feel like, it's. you sound like you're like uh, 85%. Oh, I thought you were going to say 85. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> you sound yeah, like you're 85. I, I came home from Houston and I had a terrible headache and congestion and was exhausted. My teeth hurt. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, and my father-in-law lives with us and he has COVID and I was just Jeez. thinking, yeah. well, I got it. Yeah. And Stephanie just had it. And I, I was, here we go. I'm here we go. Here we go. You're still, <laughs> we know, we know how I do with, um, big medical issues. <laughs> so yeah. this should be no big deal. This... <laughs> but it, I took a PCR test yeah. and, um, two rapid tests and, Negative. Okay. I was stunned, but okay. I was still... It was stunning. I was truly... You were ready. I was ready. I was ready to make my big celebrity announcement. I have COVID <laughs> and it'll be splashed all over the news feeds that, of course, I wouldn't read because... You know, you'd you have to tell me that I'm on the front yeah. cover of everything because that's... Yeah. Is it still making no. news when a celebrity gets COVID? <laughs> no. I think in their minds it is. They still tweet about it or Instagram about yeah. it. It's like, okay, we've all had it. So you're going to be okay. We've all had it except for Tig. Yeah, except for but Tig. But yeah, I was ready for my big announcement. But um, ah, shoot. I, all I right, just have well. a cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not uh, newsworthy. No. Yeah. Well, are you ready to, you know, talk about some crazy Frenchmen? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I just want to say, mm-hmm. I was on Instagram reading our Tig and Cheryl. Wait, I'm sorry. Know, are our, you uh, getting distracted? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I asked you if you're ready to get into it. And then, I and then she wanders <laughs> off. She wanders well, off into the it forest. Was so sweet. All of our uh, listeners on, on, uh, Instagram, just sending you really sweet messages about Cowboy, Cowboy Rick. Rick. And oh, it's just, it really just made me. I honestly I just... haven't looked. Oh, well, do I, it I don't doubt that they were, that they were there oh, for beyond. us. You, you have no idea. Yeah, that's so kind. I'll have to check that out. I've been yeah. a, a little been um, busy, distracted, yeah, nose diving, and then coming up and nose diving, and yeah, but uh, and then getting sick on top of it. I just yeah. I've been a little out of it, but um, well, the snurk bulls are here for you. That's what you should know, and it's very sweet because they they all said that they are so happy that we talk about real life mm-hmm. as well as our magnificent documentary. Well, I do think it is good to acknowledge, you know, it reminds me of doing stand up in the yeah. like when things aren't going well. Yeah. Maybe a joke doesn't hit or something. It's always good to acknowledge what's really going on because if you ignore yeah. it, then it just makes the audience and people feel crazy and it I think yeah. translates into just everything. You just have to acknowledge what's going on and yeah. set yourself and everyone else at ease and just be like this is happening and yeah. life isn't stopping but we are having to as we've talked about on here continue with our lives sometimes these are pre-recorded sometimes they're not sometimes they're so pre-recorded and we sound insane because maybe because we're just laughing yeah. about yeah uh, somebody that wears weird leggings and it's like oh the asteroid just hit yeah just something something happened and um yeah so sometimes it takes a beat for everything to catch up with real life yeah. and then yeah we will acknowledge real life when <laughs> we record when we again need to. but thank yeah. you to all of our listeners for being yeah. there um it has been just a weird road but that is that is how the road goes. Life. Mm-hmm. No, no choice. 
Um, are you ready to get get into this? I am, as long as you don't wander off. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay completely focused today. Because I always do. You are always mm. right on track. Mm-hmm. Oh, that does remind me of a <laughs> really beautiful song. What? Uh, right on Time by um, Carlisle. What's her first name? Brandy Carlisle. Yes. Is that the best song you've ever heard in your life? She's good. She's real. But it was right on time. Well, you ruined it. No, I elevated it. (laughs) Mm. Okay. We can send her a clip and just see how she feels. Well, let's do them like, we'll hear her version and then my version (laughs) and we'll see. Maybe Mr. Thomas can put that together um, for Mm. the end of this episode. That would be yeah. We can I, do I we can it. do it side by side, and then maybe he can combine the audio <laughs> so it's on top of each other, like you're harmonizing. Uh-huh. I'm just throwing out options uh-huh. here. This is a great idea. Today, Tig, we're talking about Man on Wire. Mm-hmm. We're going back for this one. We went back. Mm. Man on Wire is a 2008 documentary directed by James Marsh. It tells the story of Philippe Petit. A high wire walker who dreamt of walking between the twin towers of the World Trade Center, which also was like, oh, God, just seeing the twin towers. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He did this in the 70s. And it features reenactments as well as interviews from Philippe and his collaborators. Man on Wire debuted at Sundance and would go on to win the Academy Award for Best Documentary. Oh. Oh, you didn't know that. <laughs> There's no way to know. There was no way to know that until just this moment. Uh, it in 2009. Clearly, it, we don't review our outlines before. We, <laughs> clear, first of all, clearly we don't write our outlines. No, clearly we don't write them. We don't look at them until that very. If moment. we ever do. Now, did you see this movie um, before? Yes, I did. Did you? I only saw half of it. Oh, mm-hmm. why? I think I wandered off into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at some point, you kind of get it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, if you're watching Philippe mm-hmm. in the interview, you're like... Philippe Petit. Philippe Petit. <laughs> Would that be Philip Small oh. over here? Tiny Philip? Tiny Philip. Philip Small. <laughs> <laughs> Philippe Petit. I mean, I hope I'm saying it. That sounds right, right? Who cares? Nope. (laughs) I still can't believe you stop yourself sometimes and say, am I saying it right? I hope I'm saying it right. I mean, my intention is to get it right. Mm. And if you know the right way to do it, I would love to hear it. Me personally? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all... It's printed in front of us, but yeah. we just watched a movie where they said it. Repeat. Said it a thousand yeah. times. And by the way, when I was listening, I was like, I've got to remember this because I'm going to have to say it. And then I sure don't. I sure don't. Philippe Petit? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard the name in my life. <laughs> Philippe Petit. Petit. No, it petit? can't be Petit. <laughs> it can't be Petit. Small no, it's got to be Petit. Petite, petite. Oh, God. I hope the filmmakers are listening. Hey, filmmakers. Hey. Hey. Okay. Philippe Petit is a charismatic Frenchman. (laughs) What? 
I don't know. They're all charismatic, I feel like. And Frenchmen. But I'm saying French people are all charismatic. Oh, you're saying all French people are Well, because the accent. Yeah, they do. They all seem like they know much more than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and charismatic. Where you're charismatic. like, oh, look oh, at you. Sir. Where did Impressive. you learn French? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. We're in Paris. Oh, so French. Well, I had a friend when I was little oh. in Mississippi mm-hmm. named Juju. Mm-hmm. And um, Juju would come over and hang out and... She was a girl. She must have been one of my early influences, but we were just pals, like maybe yeah. four years old. Just yeah. ran around with no shirt on. That's interesting because I we had a a girl that lived by us. I forget I forget what nationality she was, and she also was uh, topless a lot. Yeah, and it was like whoa, and swimming and just running yeah, around. That and was so just the norm. I was like, yeah, and so you know yeah. when I had to get my petite. <laughs> removed i was like all right off they go okay. and then this the new me yeah and then stephanie and i when we went on our um honeymoon we went to um why am i forgetting where we went it doesn't matter thomas do you know where we went st bart's Saint Bart. thank you um <laughs> it was a special time <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> it really was. But it was so funny because, you know, just littered with French people there in St. Bart's. Yeah. And uh, we were eating, Stephanie and I were eating right by the, on the beach, by the water. And this yeah. woman, we laughed so hot. We were like oh, choking, no. laughing. This woman was full-grown woman, full-blown topless, pulls up on her sailboat. Oh, with just a bikini bottom on and just boobs for days, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> was like wrapping up the the, the, sail, the sail and like just like <laughs> moving, around, just like working so hard and like everything was jiggling around and it was like it was it was so hilarious how much it was nothing to her to her or right. anyone else around and right. Stephanie and I were like oh my gosh. We were, I mean, and to this day, we reenact that moment um, often. I like that she's just getting her work done. She's just getting her work done and wrapping that rope around and just moving this and pushing that and dragging this over. And and we were like, wow. (sighs) Nude beaches are, I don't know. I can't relax. This wasn't a nude beach. This was just like. This was just like the marina. She just pulled into the marina and she's she's tying up the sails. I got to tie up up my butt. (laughs) And she wasn't like, you know, she wasn't thinking like twice about it. Like a dykey woman. She was just like a lady that had to get some business done and didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> but what, you've gone to a lot of nudists? No, not a lot. But, and I, I didn't mean to, but what I just remember. S- well, there's a, pro- I went to Hawaii once and I. Oop, wrong s- turn. <laughs> I mean, I'm just swimming around, mining my my beeswax, and this man is completely naked, like three feet away. Are from you me. sure it was a nudist beach or just a Maybe pervert not. wandering? Maybe around? it was. Yeah, yeah. it could have been. There weren't that many people there, but I was like, I just didn't trust the tide. You know what I mean? I felt like this guy was one wave away from just rub, rubbing his junk on me in the water. Anyway, we have oh, to we take a break. <laughs> no, no, we can't. 
to take a break. We haven't even told you what this documentary is about. Didn't we? Well, I read, yeah, I read. I, uh, There's no way to know. We'll have to rewind what we've recorded to see if we mentioned. If we mentioned this documentary at all. Okay, when we get back, we're really going to get to it. Okay. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And we are back. We're back. On okay. Tig and Cheryl, true story. Uh, apologies if this is your first time <laughs> listening to the show, but this is how the show is. What were you going to say, Cheryl? I was going to say, oh, let's, I'm going to tell you what it's about. <laughs> okay. Oh, so Philippe Petit was living in France and he loved to walk on high wires yes he also loved to uh ride around on unis- unicycles mm-hmm. which i don't it's very french i don't like it you don't like don't, it no i don't you like don't a like a unicycle a you don't like a man on a unicycle man i don't know about what if i rode my unicycle over to your house i wouldn't like it okay it always feels like i don't know there's something about the way they go forward and backward and forward and backward and they I, I just don't like it. It's un, it's unsettling. <laughs> you mean because of private parts? No, just because like because they might fall. They don't. They never put their feet down. Yeah, they don't put their feet down like a bike. Like when you come to a stop, they balance. Put their feet down. Yeah, they balance. So it's always like they never stop and they're like forward and backward. Thanks on that for one. the act out. <laughs> <laughs> on the one dumb wheel. Okay, but you wouldn't be kind of impressed if I unicycled all Mm-mm. the way to your house from my house <laughs> you, are you on and the four surprised five on you <laughs> and didn't even check to see if you were home. <laughs> I would love that you're riding around in L.A. on the freeway on a unicycle. Oh God, headphones uh, on. Um, Tig. Mm. Okay, here we go. So this guy. Oh, Philly Petit. Mm-hmm. He loved uh, high wires. Uh, how do you he... say? How <laughs> does one say high wires? Not like that. And he has a team with him, mm-hmm. which fascinates me. Because we see this in these documentaries. There's like one crazy person and then a supportive group around that crazy person that's like, yeah, let's do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it felt familiar, especially um, that mountain climbing movie yeah um yes mm. i wish we could remember the yeah. name of it. <laughs> the 
It was a good one. <laughs> it was. Like the rock, the rock free climb solo, free solo. Which Bad. actually, you, Mr. Thomas. Thomas and I went and saw in the theater oh, together. Memories. Yeah. It did feel like that because you had this one person who said, I can do it. Mm. And everybody else was like, And a girl that don't. loved him. Yeah. And if one slightly wrong step, death. Falls to his death. And the same with Philippe. So Philippe gets this team together. Jean-Louis. <laughs> Is Philip's closest collaborator, and there's also Jean Francois, mm-hmm. and then there's David, also known as Donald. I don't understand that. It's not our Did business. Did you understand that one? <laughs> My name is David, but please call me Donald. <laughs> and then there's Alan, who's also known as Albert. Mm-hmm. I found that very c- confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't care. I, I didn't just didn't. I was like, "You're you. weird." You're like, I'm the- moving on. <laughs> I don't have time for this. <laughs> you only have time for I that. do. That's I have time. Thing. I've been sick. Um, and then there was Annie. I mm-hmm. like that she's just described as a French woman. <laughs> um, so we see we see footage of the World Center, Trade Center being built in the 70s. And Philippe just dreamed as soon as he heard that those were going to be the tallest buildings. What, in the U.S.? In the U.S. In the world, right? In the world? In the yeah. world. Um. I mean, don't rely Thomas on me is, for anything, but I think it was Thomas in the world. Thomas is nodding. Okay. He decided even before they were built, what I need to do mm-hmm. is tightrope across those buildings in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that he became obsessed with it. And I really loved in that moment the way he, that like a dream and a passion is, is born and how it's like staring you down in life. Yeah. You know? And it just becomes it, this real thing. Yeah, that you have to do. He has to do it. But I mean, don't you relate to that? I mean, I would assume with acting or whatever it is, I, you know, once I saw stand up as an option in my life, mm. it was like, I got, oh, I got my, to do I got to climb this mountain. Yeah. No, I guess that is right with acting. Yeah. But it, mm. it, but it wasn't so specific as, Oh, I've got to do this role in this play. You know what I mean? Although I would like to do Streetcar Named Desire, but I think I've aged out. You could be the streetcar. <laughs> I could be the streetcar. But uh, honestly, if I if that had stayed my dream, I think I could have. Do you know what happen. you might find interesting? Is, yeah, tell um, me. The um. The Pontchartrain Hotel on St. Charles Avenue in New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. Um, is, is uh, that hotel is where... Uh, Stella! What's his name? Wrote the... Marlon Britt. Oh. Uh, oh, wrote the play? Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Tennessee Williams. Tennessee Williams. Right? Am I Stayed right? there and, and wrote that. And uh, my grandmother lived next door to the hotel... And when I would spend my summers in New Orleans, she had a standing reservation at the Pontchartrain Hotel. And that's where we would go every night for dinner. Aw, that's cute. Yeah. Well, look at that. And I would take the little man on wire, but it's. (laughs) Well, you mentioned Streetcar Named Desire. Right, which Um, also has zero to do with man on wire. Well, of course. And this podcast has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) But. I'm just saying, I used to take that the little streetcar like up and down St. Charles Aww. Avenue as a small child. Stella. 
No. No. Okay. Uh, okay. So back to Philippe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest, um, you know, the, 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 after Philippe decided this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. then he had to figure out how to do it. So he had to figure out how to get to New York, mm-hmm. how to get to the World Trade Center, how to get to the top of the World Trade Center, how to figure out how to get a tightrope from one building to the other. It's insane. It's insane. It reminds me of building tunnels, like, and so bridges. Mu- I know. How do you do that? I don't know. Are there documentaries on building tunnels and bridges? Because I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that, that genuinely. Would, no, I would think that there would be at this point in time. I want to see them. Please write in or call in now to Tig and Cheryl, true story, and tell me uh, about a good documentary or about series or something. Bridge or tunnel. I just think it's fast, like underwater tunnels. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't understand. We're not smart enough to know that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm barely smart enough to drive through the tunnel. <laughs> it is. It's. It is. Who is born? It's like. It's like Elon Musk, right? Born with that. Did I tell you about my my moment Uh-oh. with Elon Musk? No, but please go on. <laughs> also, doesn't have anything to do with this. Mm-hmm. But he is quite in the news these days. I was at a um, kid's party when Kat was little. Congrats. <laughs> so this was probably... I'm assuming mm, Kat was at the party. Kat was at the party. Okay. This was probably like um, 12 years ago. Okay. You know, 11 years ago. Today? <laughs> this is the anniversary of this story. Oh, okay. Interesting. I pull up to this party. This uh-huh. is in LA, keep in mind, right? And there's this guy with this beautiful car mm-hmm. i pull up right behind him and he gets out and i'm like wow your car's so beautiful do you just love driving driving that tesla good and question like, <laughs> <laughs> and he said yeah I, I do you know and then we went inside and then the guy who was throwing the party we were talking i said oh i just saw the most beautiful car and he goes oh yeah that's elon musk that's his car mm-hmm. i said oh that's cool and he goes no he like this is his car company he this is his car i was Mm -hmm. like oh that's now i feel foolish Mm -hmm. so i circle back to elon yeah during the party and i said well now i feel foolish because i didn't realize that this is your company and of course you love driving that car because you designed it yeah and then he started talking we started talking and the next thing i know he's telling me that he wants to colonize the moon and i'm like just to be clear that I know what you're saying. Are you saying that you want people to go up there and, and live up there? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. And then we talked about how did you, I said, how did you know that you knew so much more than your teachers? At some point mm-hmm. when he's in his science class, he must be going, you know, brother, mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, yeah, it was pretty early on. It was just fascinating, you know, talking to Elon Musk at a kid's party. <laughs> Sure. And so he's like, we're just going to trash this planet. Then we're going to go up and live elsewhere. Well, we never got into the details about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That's my big concern is like, are humans just going to like planet hop and moon hop and just trash everything until... What are we doing? Oh God! You know what? We're gonna we're gonna circle back to Man on Wire. Okay. Okay. 
We're not going to worry about the fate of mankind. No, why would we? Mm -mm. So, oh my gosh. Let's take a break and we will (laughs) come back. We'll come back and really hunker down. Okay. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl True Story talking about Man on Wire mm-hmm. sometimes. So Philippe, he had to figure out how mm. to get information yeah. uh, about the World Trade Center and the towers. So in order for Philippe to figure out how to rig the wire, he would have to do sort of spy work and figure out how to sneak into the towers. And this is how he, this is how he did it. Nice. So at some point, I am so much into taking notes as a spy around the towers. I don't see it's a construction site. I don't see one nail sticking out of one plank. So right there, the big nail goes through my soul. Three days in bed. So here I am with crutches, thinking I am incapacitated. No, 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 it's the opposite. It's wonderful, a human being with crutches, the universe is his. The guards, you know, help me, can I help you? Let let me hold the door. People, you know, sit down, take your time. Nobody asks me for an ID, nobody says, what are you doing here? I I have, it's fabulous. So then now, even though my feet is about to be repaired, I use the crutches a lot, okay? And sometimes you would see the man uh, leaving his crutches and running around to measure something and coming back and being with crutches. I mean, top-notch disguise. (laughs) Well, this is good for us to know because we always talk about how we would go up in disguise if we Mm -hmm. murdered someone. I'm not sure why we... (laughs) Why why we're running from... Why are we on a murder spree? Yeah, but the things that we would do, and your plan has always been to gain a lot of weight, which doesn't... I think that would work. But I like the uh, crutches idea. You know, it's funny... Speaking of crutches, my Mm. first girlfriend, Mm -hmm. she was more confident publicly than I was Mm -hmm. with being out and proud. Mm -hmm. So she would always grab my hand or like put her arm around me. And Mm -hmm. anytime she did that, I would always limp. (laughs) So it would look like she was holding you up and she had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! And it would make her laugh, but I really was—you um, were like not uncomfortable. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. I'm—I'm I'm gonna have to just limp. 
so we'd have a cackle, but well, that's how we would comfortably walk around holding hands. When I am in a um, car with someone and they're driving crazy and I feel mm. like we're about to get into a car crash, mm-hmm. I go limp because I heard or oh, read yeah. somewhere, yeah, that if you're in a car crash, like people that that are drunk or something. If you're tense, worse. you get right. worse. So yeah. I just, if I feel like, oh, this is it, I'll just, I'll just go limp. So sometimes when I'm driving with someone, they'll go, go limp, go limp. <laughs> well, this didn't really have anything to do with anything except for <laughs> crashing. But oh, when no. I was a kid I and I was on a flight, I would ask the flight attendant for extra pillows. Mm-hmm. And I would put my tray down in front of me and I'd put pillows on the tray in oh. case we crashed. And it's I not could a just, bad idea. Well, except that the tray is probably going to decon. <laughs> Decapitate you. Decapitate me. Um, But then my forehead will be softly landing into pillows. (laughs) It'll decapitate me and then it'll just jet, my head will gently rest in the pillows. And that's just assuming we crash forward. (laughs) You know? Yes. That we're not spinning out of control or exploding. You know what I mean? It's it's a very controlled crash. The way that you think. Think, it's like my, the crash test dummies that you would see in commercials yes. that would like crash forward. Yeah, and their little Which also bodies. reminds me of the band Crash, crash test, dummies. test Dummies. Do you remember them? I do, and I really liked them. I did too. They had that, know, that voice. What's really one of their songs? Mm, that oh, mm, mm, Yeah. Mm. Well, what's the rest of it? <laughs> That's all they wrote. <laughs> the humming song. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Philip Petit... Mm-hmm. You know, so when he's even up there with mm-hmm. his crutches, I mean, he is standing on mm-hmm. the edge of the roof of mm-hmm. one of these World Trade Centers. Yes. On one leg. Mm-hmm. It was insane. But did you find it insane? Like, I found the whole thing insane. I'm, I mean, I'm scared of heights. Imagine doing a handstand on the roof of the World Trade Center. Cheryl, <laughs> I... Can you do a handstand on the ground? I prefer to not stay on high, high floors of hotels. Really? Yeah, because I think, oh, if there's an emergency, I don't want to be stuck up high. Mm, I want to be able to at least have a chance get out on the second or third floor. You never get to see the view. Listen, I'll find another way. I'll look at a picture, yeah. But I have a fear when I am in a high, high room and I walk out on my balcony. Yes. I cannot hang out on my balcony. You know why? Why? A gust of wind. Because someone is for sure hiding in the closet or under the bed, and they're going to toss me over the balcony. (sighs) Wow. You think that has to do with a past life? No, I don't believe in that. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it has to do with? Is it, do you think that's a rational fear? Like, do you think? Oh, it's so irrational. Yeah, because a lot has to happen for that to happen. Somebody has oh, to be waiting in your room. Somebody has waiting to, for you to get be planning blood. to do my worst fear <laughs> and find Can't out. Wait to do it. Find out I'm in town, what hotel I'm in. And now that I'm announcing this publicly, yeah. the, the odds are going to go up a little bit. No, so it's cares. even less likely no. <laughs> I'll be on a high up balcony. Yeah. Well, you know what I have a fear of? Mm-hmm. It's very different. And this is makes more sense. Um, okay. I have a fear of when I'm walking by like a 
a gutter, a drain on a street, then I'm just going to drop my keys in it. Even if I'm not holding my keys, I'm like, oh my God, my keys. <laughs> I'm going to drop my keys down that gutter and then I'm going to be fucked. Do you ever have that fear? No, not once. Even by like, an, like sometimes you, you go by the open grates. I'm uh-huh. like, there go my keys. Yeah. Today's the day that's going to happen. I don't ever have that concern. Mm. Well, I never have the concern about somebody hiding under my bed, pushing me off the balcony. Um, <laughs> we yeah. all have our stuff, right? <laughs> I do. Okay, Tig. Yeah. Uh, Annie fell in love with uh, Philippe. Mm-hmm. She was 20 years old. How old was he? Oh, he was in his mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she would watch him shirtless practice on the wire that he rigged up in his backyard for hours. Did that seem I mean, not weird. We all have our, like you said. I mean, does do I want to watch a shirtless dude on a wire? You know, oddly, I related to it. I felt like, when not related, but I felt like in that moment... I don't know. I like weird, interesting people, mm. you know, and I could see myself before knowing that I'm gay, mm-hmm. meeting a really interesting guy like this mm. and getting into w- just being like, I get you, man. I'm going to watch you for hours on that high wire. I, it's not even that I get you. It's just like, whoa, just seeing somebody do something so specific and it weird is. and excel at it, I could see being just taken by enthralled. them. And just wanting to watch them do it and succeed. and Because and there's so many little failures in those moments of falling off the wire and, and, and just being like, whoa. whoa. Let's go in the backyard and high wire. Truly. One of the things that I found interesting is mm. his feet. I mean, we never got to see his feet, but we did see close-ups of his... Bunions? <laughs> I bet he doesn't have bunions. I bet he's got serious like foot and toe health claws. going on. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking. Like, he must have... Like, his toe... Like he For wears sure. Certain little s- Ballet slippers. slippers. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it seems like it gives him enough room in that slipper to grab on with his toes is that what you were getting of course it does but did you want to see his toes because i'm like does he have no because i can picture perfect feet and i'm certain he has them Mm. because the more your feet move the bones muscles everything is moving yeah the more health just good looking and strong Toes and feet? Yeah. And hmm. I bet he has got some of the best looking feet. I bet God, Mr. I Thomas we... is searching for his feet online. He can't, Thomas can't find a pic. It's sort of disturbing because it reminds me of our penguin movie. What was that called? March of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't find a picture of the penguin penis because they don't have <laughs> penises. <laughs> I can't suggest that episode enough to listeners if you haven't listened. Yeah, it is. To uh, it is something. March of the to... Penguin. <laughs> We really broke it down in a very highbrow. Highbrow is the word. Highbrow manner. Mm-hmm. Yes. In France, Philippe constructs an elaborate scale model. Okay. Now the big question is how to get the wire across the top of the buildings. Mm-hmm. And so, did you find it a little homoerotic at some point during the 
bow and arrow part where yes. Philippe is now jumping on the back of the other guy, piggyback stuff, and they're they're both shirtless. And what's and wrong with homoerotic? Nothing. I'm just saying. Uh, took sounds a turn. like you got a problem with homoerotic <laughs> I stuff. I I just am guess saying what I, your co-host and friend is a homo. <laughs> I I just didn't see it coming because homeowner be a homeowner. I didn't see it coming because you know the whole Anne is it Anne or Annie that he's so in love with Anne Annie Annie. Uh, I just didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. The boys running around the field. <laughs> Like tickling each other. It's not uh, cut and dry, nor is gender. No, nor should it be. It's like, let's be who we want to be. If you want to jump on your buddy's back and run around, like giggling, then do it. Do it. And get it on camera. Cheryl's issue with homoerotic (laughs) behavior stop you. Um, Okay, so listen. So now let's skip to the final day. Okay. They get there. I mean, they really like to go into, oh, this was terrifying. There were people there. The security <laughs> guard. Not uh, known for her accents. <laughs> oh, we were so scared. I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> oh, and then mm. at some point, they did, one of the guys did the bow and arrow with the wire across the thing. But then Philippe couldn't find the wire because it was so dark. So for some reason... He took off all of his clothes and walked around because <laughs> he thought the wire would touch his body somewhere and he mm-hmm. wanted to be ready for it. Well, you got to be ready for it. I guess it worked. Yeah. I just feel like if if you're ever in doubt, just take off your clothes and, you know, get in touch with the universe and it'll come to you. On a unicycle. <laughs> Can you think of anything weirder? Than a naked man on a unicycle? Yeah. Mm-mm. If he was juggling. I also don't like juggling on a unicycle. Do you like juggling just standing on the ground? It's okay. You're not taken by it? Like, Mm -mm. wow. Mm -mm. Do you like magic? It goes on too long. Do you like fun? (laughs) Do you like juggling? I do. I wish I could do it. Mm. My son Max thinks he can. I think if you practice, if you put Mm -hmm. a 10,000... Uh, hours into it, dollars you become... into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could hire. I'm sure there's somebody you could hire to teach you how to juggle. Thomas, can you juggle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like no. Thomas can juggle, and I think he's shown my sons how to. Oh God. Well, I don't mean to offend you. It's adorable. It's just kind of like when somebody's playing the piano in the living room, and they want you to keep watching them while they play, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I, I see it, I hear it. Do I have to? Keep watching you the whole song, or can I do it? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> can I do other things? Uh, so finally, this is it. Mm-hmm. Now, dawn has come. But the one thing that I was shocked at was that Philippe wore sort of bell bottoms. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, at one point, and one angle, it yeah. looked like a long gown. It did. Where I was like, interesting choice, my friend. <laughs> so he's wearing all black, and he's at the top of the towers, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a moody day. It was misty and everything, and Annie was there at the bottom. Yeah, she always oh, is. Annie. Oh. And then we have to t- say what happens right after, because that mm-hmm. kind of made me mad. Okay. Uh, so he goes and he's walking. Now he is out on the wire. 
by the way, this is hard for people to see from the ground. It just looks mm-hmm. like a little dot. Yeah. But, you know, so she had to have, he had to have Annie down there going, look, yeah. there's a man on the wire at the top of the... Cheryl, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. And then people were fascinated and it drew crowds and then the police came and they were all like ready to arrest him when he got off of the wire and he just had a ball up there Mm -hmm. for 45 minutes he laid down on the wire which i i I don't understand i really don't understand how he did it do you think you could make it across the wire without falling i if you had little little shoes on if i had those shoes and the long pole that you hold for sure you could make it across i think i have a (laughs) i think i have a 20 percent chance of making it what do you do you think you could make it? No. Not one person? Not one person. I'm scared of heights. I know, but you don't have a choice. In this scenario, you have to walk across this wire. Then I would grab the wire by my, my paws. No. And, and I would try to crawl on the wire? That's worse. No, I would dangle and I'd <gasps> oh, scoot across. Oh my god. Do you think your upper body strength is enough? For you to get across a wire from tower no, to- and nor are my feet strengths, <laughs> or leg strengths, yeah. or mental strengths. There's not one percent of you that you think you could get across the wire if you had to with that long pole. <laughs> no, I think I would step on the wire and whoop! There she goes. Bye bye. Oh, God, my heart is racing just thinking about this. It, that's why I thought it kind of made sense that he was wearing a floor length gown yeah. because I thought if he falls and the it wind would be would, dramatic and beautiful. No, like the wind would catch would it catch like an umbrella. A, like oh, and wow. he would <laughs> slowly <laughs> like so that's Mary what Poppins. I would do. Yeah, I'd wear a floor length <laughs> gown. And then you would fall immediately and your gown would fly open and all of New York would see you gently drift to the bottom. Yes. Hmm. And then just gently crash into a pillow. (laughs) I would take a running start because I would know I wouldn't make it across the wire and I would just take a running start and just run with a parachute on. With a parachute gown. So at some point he gets across. Gets arrested. They take him. They take all of his support group. Mm-hmm. And they arrest them. And they wanted to know why, why. One why of the you- worst crimes you've ever seen in that city. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during the 70s. During the 70s. And uh, he was charged for trespassing and... Man on wire. And man on wire. <laughs> Hence title. He- yes. They dropped the charges. However, the poor guys that helped him were banned from America and never allowed to to come in again. Meanwhile, Philippe became like a local... Star. Or worldwide, I guess, celebrity. Okay. But can we talk about what happened immediately? Yes, girl. Girl. Yes. (laughs) Give them the tea. Here's what happened that really made me mad. So as soon as he gets out of prison or whatever, he gets a, a, what are they called? A groupie. Like -hmm. a beautiful young groupie that's like, hey, I love what you did. Do you want to come to my place? Hey, Felipe Petit. Hey. (laughs) 
And he goes to her place, and then he says it was a waterbed, which I thought was an alarming detail that he didn't need to mention. It's so interesting the different levels of water people have in their waterbeds. Some where you sit down and it's like swish, 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 and others where you lie down and it and it's, it's just like a gentle, or it's like it's too full, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of sitting on top. Like what what's supposed to be happening? But they're always. Uh, When's the last time you <laughs> I was on a waterbed? Or just that you even it came up in your life? There's... Well, I, did I tell you that the guys in college, that the guys upstairs, did I tell you this story? I don't know. <laughs> well, the point is, I was in my apartment, and all of a sudden water is coming through all of the light sockets. And I go upstairs, knock on the door. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? And their apartment is like four inches in water. And he's like, my waterbed burst i said that's not okay <laughs> all of all of our stuff is getting wet uh-huh you know they ruined everything we had we didn't have a lot at that point in time and everything got moldy is that where renter's insurance comes in or yeah probably who has renter's insurance and in i did oh I mean, I didn't go to college, but, but you've always had I, renter's insurance. I would get renter's insurance. Well, that's, that's smart, especially if people yeah. have waterbed. We took into small claims court. We won. Oh, were you on Judge Judy or anything like that? I wish, because do you think we ever saw one dime of it? I don't know. I don't know if that's where the <laughs> well, beginning if I of ask your you wealth... in that tone, do you think that that we did? I don't know. I'm not good at picking up on cues like that. <laughs> did you get a lot of money? No. Oh. Tig, we got nothing. Hmm. We got nothing. Okay. I didn't know if it was the beginning of, of your life story. that would lead to socializing with Elon Musk. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, he got down with this girl on a waterbed. Hello. Oh, they made national headlines. And then he just became a, a, a star, mm-hmm. I guess, a celebrity. Yeah. And, and I guess he and Annie broke up and Annie was like... He was just meant to be for that time in life. Oh, my life. God. <laughs> <laughs> and then John louis We're going to get hate mail from... From French, French, French folk. French I'm folks. in a movie. I yes. shot a movie that has not come out yet. Okay. It was filmed in Mexico City, and I had to play a French person. <laughs> Oh boy, we'll see how that goes. With an accent? Yes. Wee <gasps> wee. Oh. Oui, oui. oh. <laughs> well, you should have been doing it this whole time. Unless I'm not good at it. Well, we could have been the judge. Mm-hmm. Speaking of judges, here's my gavel. Gavel. Uh, she has a gavel in her office. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's basically it. John Louis mm-hmm. was weeping as he remembered that. Jean Louis. Jean-Louis, oh, thank you. He said it was just a magical moment in time. Mm-hmm. And that's basically... <laughs> that's Credits. Basically, <laughs> Credits roll. roll. Credits. That's basically it. Um, mm-hmm. Tig, are you ready for our final thoughts? I am. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did not. Did you? No. Who were you attracted to? I feel like I'm always attracted to 70s looking people. So I like that vibe. Mm. So 
so any of them when they were in the there's in the yeah, 70s. Yeah. But I would probably even say um Petit Philippe? Yeah, I would even Ooh. say like just because he was doing something so interesting and weird. Yeah. Not now. Right, but why not now? Um He's probably still walking the wire because he didn't have a 70s look anymore. Mm. I like I You like, like the long sideburns. Yeah, I like that the whole, hair. Yeah. Remember yeah. that a band called Death? Remember how I was like, yes. oh, I like their vibe. You I like, like their that. look. I like the yeah. 70s look. The 70s. Especially with men. It was like relaxed. Yeah. It was like relaxed and they were like, yeah, I wear bell bottoms. Don't yeah, worry about I'm it. I'm playing tennis with a sweatband on my head. And real short shorts. Yeah. I think I liked, um, I mean, I thought it was Slim Pickens. Well, I'm not saying what's-his-face was my dreamboat of all time. <laughs> Philippe, I like that you don't even remember his name after an entire pocket. Tiny uh, Phil. Tiny <laughs> Phil. I think I liked uh, Jean-Louis was sweet. Yeah. The one that It's emotional. Wept. He's emotional. I enjoyed her, his vulnerability. Yeah, but you don't like when men cry. cry. Not really. And mm-hmm. here you're falling in love with a guy that's <laughs> crying through the whole movie. He wasn't. No, he, <laughs> don't you dare do that to him. He was not. He had a moment. He had a couple of moments. I don't have a problem with he it. Did. I'm he not uncomfortable have... when men cry. You are. You're really pointing fingers and angry. Well. Okay. Tig. Mm-hmm. So that's all for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch on Netflix. Tig, would you like to do just some true fan mail real quick? Yeah. Okay. The first one is from Andy McD. Hey, Hey, Andy Andy McDowell. Hey. Hey. (laughs) It's not Andy (laughs) McD. It might be. We don't know. It is. Uh, I'm a 51-year-old single gay man. It's probably not Andy McHale. (laughs) Uh, That lived with a lesbian couple in the early 90s. We got our hands on a copy of Madonna's sex book and decided to keep it in the entry of our apartment. We put a card over the cutout title on the oversized metal cover that said, (laughs) Guest book. (laughs) We asked every single guest at our house to sign it before they left. It was truly amazing how everyone stayed a while to quietly page through the whole thing and then they all carefully chose the page and specific area of that page that they wanted to sign everyone clearly enjoyed it but also took it very seriously the entries were all incredibly witty and creative oh my gosh that's hilarious many years later it's still fun to look at almost like a high school yearbook but even better because it's full of multiple madonna merkins (laughs) (laughs) i mean does everyone know what a merkin is I think you've talked about it on the show, but well, we'll just—I'm going to remind. Here listeners, we go. She loves. Like little, ta- she loves um, talking about Merkins. It's a pubic wig, <laughs> and I do love Merkins. Okay, I'm addicted to you both, and want you to get a VRBO in Florida with Cheryl, and then invite Tig to my cute house in Minneapolis. Let's do it. Oh. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I love how at the end it just wrapped it all up of like, this sounds like, fun. Yeah, Call we're me. doing it. We're doing it, guys. That is very sweet. Thank you, Andy McDee. Well, uh, Andy McDee it is. I don't know if realistically we're going to do any of that. Yes. But, but it's- what I found 
interesting that I kept waiting to come around again was mm-hmm. the fact that he's a gay man that lived with a lesbian couple. <laughs> In the early 90s. Yeah. I, it, uh, it never came around again. No. That was just, the, that was just the, some color commentary. Yep, yep. Love it. Well, thanks, Andy. Okay. That's nice. I do mm-hmm. love that. Okay. Uh, Brooke M. writes, hey, Brooke, hey, Brooke M. M. Hey. hey. First of all, the podcast was my favorite gym listen. Thankfully, I have a home gym because the horse laughter would have been mortifying in a public environment. (laughs) (laughs) After too many instances of laughing so hard, I almost fell over while working out or of dropping weights, including onto my foot not once but twice or not twice but three times. Wow. I've had to take my listening down to a more serious route. Don't worry, I still listen, but never while carrying something more than five pounds. In all seriousness, the podcast brings me joy and laughter. I'm a hospice nurse, and I spend a lot of time driving from home to home to spend time with families in their worst days. Listening to the podcast during my drive helps me reset my mind and my soul. With my career, which I love with every piece of my being, my job is bad news. Telling people, mom won't make it through the night. Your spouse won't wake up again. It's time to say your final goodbyes to your daughter. But also, there is a beauty in grief. Oh, gosh. I got to keep it together. Okay. This is very beautiful. I am blessed to be invited on this journey and to become a little part of these families, even if for a short time. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going to Let me breathe. I mean, I can't think of a more amazing uh, job. Yeah. Than to to be a hospice worker. Okay. I can't believe what people do <clears throat> with their lives. Okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna get through this. Um, listening to the bad vegan episode and hearing Tig explain in a heartbreaking and raw way the waves of grief stuck with me. So I guess I'm writing to say thank you for being vulnerable and putting the reality of loss into such honest words. Grief is sometimes viewed as a flat surface, but it is fluid and it means different things at different times. And sometimes we are able to find joy and gratitude in grief. Thank you for sharing Cowboy Rick with all of us. Thanks to both of you for the laughs during the times I really need one. And no thanks for the bruises from making me laugh hard enough to hurt myself. Brooke. Brooke. Oof. Oh my gosh. That- I got to I gotta take was a second. An incredible email. Whew. I mean, I really, even before this email came in, but especially with this email coming in, I can't believe that people do this job. Mm-hmm. I mean, healthcare workers and hospice. Mm-hmm. nurses. And I was so thankful, you know, my situation, it really crept up on me with losing Rick. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, we had plans to go to our cousin's wedding in Mississippi and we mm-hmm. had plans for brunch and we had all of this and I had no idea he was going to die. And those people, hospice nurses and nurses and doctors with Mm -hmm. the kindness that they oftentimes have that you hope that they have it's it's so 
It's such a gift. It that, really that is. People cannot even imagine. It really is because you're in such a vulnerable moment with your parent or your whoever it is, your loved one. And you're having this moment where you're just like on your knees, you're devastated, you're crying, you're saying your last thoughts and sentences with this person that, I mean, Rick raised me since I was two. I mean, yeah. ups and downs, ups and downs with this man. And having to create a place and space that you're comfortable enough to have those moments when somebody's coming in and out or helping you with making them comfortable. And I remember one of the nurses, you know, it just was such a, a, a little moment. But like, if you knew Rick, he's not somebody you would do this to in any other moment. But she came up and she just rubbed his chest and said, hey, Mr. Rick, Hey, Mr. Rick, Tig's here. And uh, and I just loved that moment because he just was not somebody who would rub his chest. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It just, and it, and I loved that she, I just loved that she did that, you know? Yeah. But that was a really beautiful email. And I'm so thankful for the work that she does. And I'm so thankful for the work that so many people do that I could never do. And I roll yeah. my eyes when people say they can never do what I do because it is the easiest job <laughs> in the world to do a podcast, to watch a movie and make jokes with a friend or fly to a cool or city or tiny town and walk around and get a latte and then go find a vegan restaurant and tell jokes at night. I have an incredible life and it's the easiest job in the world. It really is. Well, but you know, you do something that, I mean, the, the fact that you can communicate with people. So even our listeners, they, I think, really value that you can put into words how you're feeling and what you're going through because I think it's very it's difficult and that you're willing to share that with so many people because it's such a personal situation it's valuable and it's more than just you know telling jokes I know that and I appreciate that and I have to say it wasn't until the pandemic that I truly understood when people would say oh you helped me through a time or oh mm -hmm. and I would I would just kind of take it in casually and say, oh, I'm so glad. Thanks. Um, mm -hmm. Or, oh, you make my drive to work easier. And I was like, oh, thanks. And and I might even still just respond with, oh, thanks. But I know now. And it took, it really did take the um, the pandemic for me to really understand that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why, but but anyway, to go back to Brooke, I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful yeah. for all of the Brooks out there. Yeah. I mean, I had I had an experience with uh, hospice. Um, I My stepfather also died. Not not my stepfather, Phil, who's, who's around. But my stepfather, Dan, died in our living room with mm -hmm. hospice. And it was I – th I thought about the workers all the time because yeah. – I mean, you're going to work, and you know, yeah. you know what the outcome is, and yeah. and you and you show up, and they, 
I don't know how they they do it. They they I, it feels like they understand the world a little better than most yeah. of us. Yeah. So thank you. Truly to, to all of you. Oof. Um. Whoa. Well, we love our snark bowls. That's all I have to say. We really do. And uh, I yeah. mean, I don't want to end on a. It's not a sad note. It's, no, it's like, just it's, a note. It's a celebration of each other, mm-hmm. of all of all of us. Mm-hmm. But thank you for listening, you guys, and thank you for connecting with us, and and we feel your support very much. So yeah, and I I can sense when a snark bull is out there in the audience when I'm on tour. <laughs> you get the smir- snark bull energy coming coming in. I do. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Cheryl, should we do it again? Yeah, let's do it again. Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.